Tonight we're going to look at one verse, and that verse is Ephesians 6.10. The title of the message is, Be Strong in the Lord. And Paul begins his journey toward the end of the book uh, by saying, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And so tonight I would like us to explore uh, the meaning of that verse, and I'd like to share things, some things with you. So what we're going to try to understand is what it means to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Obviously, it does not refer to physical strength. Uh, physical strength is, it varies from person to person. We see much in the news today about the difference between the physical strength of a man and the physical strength of a woman. Uh, that's being talked about. And there's a difference, and God made it so that there was a difference. This is not talking about physical strength. Physical strength not only varies from person to person, but it varies with the person from time. There are times in our lives when we are stronger than we are at others. So there are peak moments of strength in our lives. I don't know when that was for you as an individual, uh, but I think for a guy somewhere probably around 25, 20, somewhere between 25 and 30, uh, I'm still close to peak strength, as you know. I'm, I'm short to, what, 29 now? No, I'm past that. My strength is, is gone, and it's waning every day. It's, it's, it's in a sinking point in my life, and that will be the way it will be. Physical strength is not what this is talking about, nor is it talking about mental or emotional strength, because mental or emotional strength is not what's needed, nor is physical strength what's needed in this passage of Scripture that Paul is uh, approaching as he moves toward the end of the book of Ephesians. While it is none of the above, being strong in the Lord provides a measure of both, if that is what is needed. If you notice in Scripture, there are times when God did provide physical strength that came from him. And there were occasions where he did provide emotional or spiritual strength for people in time of difficulty. This is a strength that comes from God that we're talking about and only can be found in him. Finally, then, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I have four things very quickly to say to you tonight about this. And the first one is simply this. It speaks to a need. This verse speaks to a need. Why do I need to be strong in the Lord. Well, first, I need to be strong in the Lord because of the epic nature of the battle in which I find myself engaged. If you look at verse 12, Paul says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness 
in the heavenly places. You and I are engaged in an epic battle between the forces of good and evil. In an epic battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil, as he's pictured in the old, in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, the dragon, the serpent, uh, the devil himself. And so that's why I need to be strong in the Lord. First, because of the epic nature of the battle in which I'm engaged. Second, because of the intent of the enemy with whom I do battle. Let me ask you a question. Do you consider that the devil might be your friend? Under any set of circumstances, on any occasion, is the devil ever your friend? Does he ever want what's best for you? Does he ever intend to do you good, to make you happy? Now, the Bible does say there's pleasure in sin for a season. But Jesus said, Jesus calls him, a liar and the father of lies. So anything he tells you is going to be a lie. Jesus also said, he calls him a thief and said, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. That is the intent of the enemy in your life. That is his intent in your personal relationships, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Any relationship, anything that's good in your life, he wants to steal it or kill it or destroy it. That is also true about your soul. That is the desire of the enemy for you, to hurt you, to bring harm into your life. He never wants what's good for you. So when you get involved with the devil, I can't tell you how to know that. I just think that you will know that. When you get involved with the, with the devil, know this, he has never had a positive intent or plan for your life. His plan is for ill and for harm. Now, as we talk about being strong in the Lord, we said, first, it speaks to a need. And one of the reasons is it speaks to a need is I'm in this battle with the devil. And then you might say, well, I don't feel like I'm in any battle with the devil. I never have any conflict with the devil. I, I never run into him. We never butt heads <clears throat> against each other. I think it was Vance Havner who once said, an old South Carolina evangelist who said, if you are not butting heads with the enemy, chances are both of you are headed in the same direction. So if you're not engaged in this battle, then you're going in a direction away from the Lord and you're not walking with the Lord. If you are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, if it's in your heart, you say, I want to be the person that Jesus wants me to be. I want to be a Christian person. I want to follow the Lord and I want to live my life pleasing to the Lord. Then you are going to find yourself engaged in a battle. The enemy is going to set his sights on you to trip you up and to cause you difficulty. So it speaks to a need, and this need is further evidenced by my own insufficiency in the battle. I do not have strength to do battle against the enemy. 
I do not have the spiritual strength to do battle against the enemy. It's interesting to me, there's a story in the the book of Acts, I can't give you verse and reference right now, but it concerns the seven sons of Siva who had been observing some demons being cast out and they decided they were going to cast the demons out and the demons jumped on them and, and, and they all had to run off. I believe they ran off naked in the story. They were beaten up by the demons. They thought they could handle them in their own strength and they could not handle them in their own strength. You do not have strength to battle against the enemy. You need the strength of the Lord. And so Paul says, because of this epic battle, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. There are some people who have uh, a fascinating spiritual arrogance. I run into them from time to time. There's a whole group of them. You can find them on TV who speak, to the demons, and they speak to the devil. Devil, I rebuke you. That is not scriptural. Did you know that? Did you know that? It is not scriptural. In fact, it is one of the most spiritually ignorant and arrogant things that you can do. The Bible says resist the devil. In other words, you say, no, sir, I am not going to do that. But in terms of rebuking the devil in Jude chapter, there's only one chapter in Jude, so they don't have to give you the chapter. It's just verse 8. It talks about a certain group of spiritually arrogant men who, by dreaming, defile the flesh and reject authority and revile angelic majesties. But Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him a railing judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. The only power that you have against the enemy is not your own and you stand in a very spiritually arrogant place. If you think you can shake your finger in the devil's face and tell him what he can and he can't do but you can say the Lord Jesus says this and I stand on the word of the Lord Jesus And you make sure you let the Lord do the rebuking. You just need to simply be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So first, we said it speaks to a need. Second, being strong in the Lord speaks to an opportunity. It speaks to an opportunity. In other words, there is a strength to be had. If I don't have the strength to do battle against the enemy of my soul, then where am I going to find the strength? Where do I receive the strength? This week, I've been reading from the book of Judges, and uh, I've been reading from a new translation, and so it's been interesting to me as I've read, first I read about Gideon. Gideon, that uh, person who was basically a weak figure hiding from the Midianites who were Uh, I guess they would be the representation of the enemy of his soul at that time. And he was hiding, and the Lord came to him and said, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. And he gave Gideon an assignment, and Gideon was a little shy about fulfilling that assignment. You know how he 
laid out the fleece. To, he had to do it a couple of different times to make sure he had confirmation. But there's an interesting expression in this translation that I'm reading. It said, and the Spirit of God enwrapped Gideon. thought that was interesting. In another translation, it might read, as you've read it before, the Spirit of the Lord clothed himself with Gideon. But in this one, it enwrapped Gideon. In other words, Gideon was being enabled by God. The Spirit of God was coming upon Gideon to give him the strength of the Lord so that he could stand in the strength of his might. It speaks to an opportunity. Not only was Gideon so empowered in the book of Judges, but you know the story of Samson how the Spirit of the Lord would come mightily upon Samson, and Samson would be able to reach great feats of physical strength, which he would not have otherwise been able. He was not just strong physically. He was strong in the Lord. And when the Spirit of God came upon him, he was strong. But you will also know that that strength can be lost. And when the Spirit of God departed from Samson, he had no strength. We also see in the book, if you move ahead to the book of 1 Samuel, you'll meet the first king of Israel, King Saul. And Saul was a humble fellow who, although he was a big tall guy, head and shoulders above all the rest of the people of Israel, he was, didn't feel confident in himself to be a leader he needed to be made strong in the strength of the Lord and in the strength of his might. And Samuel said, the day will come when the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily and you will be changed into another man. And Saul was enabled by God's strength to be the man that God wanted him to be. But we also see that even in Saul's case, the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And when the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, he was ordinary, subpar, a weak leader, not the man that God wanted him to be. And then we learn about David. David, that young man who was a man after God's own heart. But even David found himself at periods of discouragement. And there was one occasion where David was deeply discouraged. But the Bible says in in the passage of Scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, that David strengthened himself in God. In other words, spiritually and emotionally, he reminded himself that God was with him. He reminded himself that there was a strength that would come from outside of himself that would enable him to endure whatever he had to endure to fulfill the assignment that God had for him. So... There is a strength to be had, and then that strength can be lost. And third, uh, under number two, that strength is maintained in a connection with God. We have to have a connection with God to be strong in the Lord. It is not automatic. I am strong in the Lord when I am strong in the Word. I am strong in the Lord when I am strong in prayer. I am strong in the Lord when I am strong in my devotional life. I am strong in the Lord when I am strong in my obedience. And in any of those areas, if I am weak in my obedience, 
I will be weak in the Lord. If I am weak in my Bible reading, I will be weak in the Lord. Not because the Lord is weak, but because my connection with him has been broken. And ultimately, when Samson became weak like other men because the Lord had departed from him, it had nothing to do with his hair being cut. It had nothing to do with his diet. It had everything to do with the fact that he lost his connection with God. So in the Bible, whether it was an army's might or a soldier's strength or a prophet's preaching, it all required being strong in the Lord. So first, it speaks to a need. I need that. I need to be strong in the Lord. You need that because of the epic battle in which we're engaged. Second, it speaks to an opportunity. There is a strength to be had for every believer, not just the preacher, not just deacons or Sunday school teachers, but every individual believer, there is a strength to be had to enable you to be the person God wants you to be. And then number three, it speaks to a sufficiency, a sufficiency. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. In other words, God doesn't come along and say, now you, you be of good courage, Eddie. You stand up there and preach. You do a good job and don't you be afraid. You just stand up there and do your best and everything will be okay. That is not the case whatsoever with the assignment that God gives any of us. God doesn't come along and say, you do the best you can and I'll stand beside you and I'll pat you on the back and I'll encourage you. No, we're encouraged to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So Paul would say in another place, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul doesn't, didn't ever say, I stood up there by myself. He said on one occasion, he said, I was delivered from the lion's mouth. He said, I came really close, but the Lord, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. I remember that time in the book of Acts when he was on the ship and the ship looked like it was going to sink. And that very night, the Lord spoke to Paul and encouraged Paul. He knew the strength that came from God. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This means that this sufficiency comes from outside myself. It's not a confidence that I am to muster up. It's not a, it's not a strength that I am to try to mimic or reduplicate because somebody else has it. And it can't be reduplicated. Not to say I will preach in the style of a brother Eddie or I'll preach in the style of a brother Ian or I'll, a brother Ben or I'll preach in the style of a John Henry or a Billy Graham. You can't do it. It can't be mimicked. It doesn't come from inside yourself or from someone else. It comes from the Lord. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Not only does it come from outside myself, it comes in my weakness. Paul said, when I am weak, 
he is strong. Sometimes it is when I am the least able, I feel the least able on my own. I might feel the most frightened. I might feel the weakest. And yet God does his work. He provides the enabling and he works in you and through you and oftentimes in spite of you because it is the strength of his might. It is not your strength. God does not intend for you to be able to ever stand on your own against the enemy of your soul. He, in, he intends to work in you and through you. It is in my weakness. It is not the force of personality. It's not personal effort. It's God working in me, through me, around me, with me, and for me to accomplish his purposes. So, three things we've said so far, and then we're going to move to number four. It speaks to a need because of the epic battle in which we're engaged. Second, it speaks to an opportunity. There is a strength to be had. Third, it speaks to a sufficiency. I can, through the strength that he gives me, do anything that he wants me to do. And number four, it speaks to a surrender, to a surrender. That's not in this passage of scripture, but I think that it is implied because you will see that as Paul goes on to talk, he talks about putting on the full armor of God. Now, there's a process for that, and we're going to talk about that in the weeks ahead. We're going to talk about the armor. But first, I'd like to take you back to the Old Testament, to the story of David. When David was about to fight Goliath, David was just a shepherd boy with a you know, nothing really at that point in time except his shepherd's sling. He hadn't even gathered five smooth stones. But he was offered the very best of equipment. You might remember he was offered Saul's armor, the king's armor. Here, you can have my armor. All you have to do is put it on. Just put it on. David apparently tried it on, but... It didn't fit. It wasn't right. He wasn't comfortable. Something about that was not what he needed to fight Goliath. And so what did David do? David stepped out there and fought Goliath without any bit of armor. All he had was those little stones and his slingshot. And David won the battle. But David was clothed in an unseen armor. That, that came from God. David was clothed with God's protection because David had yielded himself up to be used of God. He had surrendered himself, his life, so that God might work in and through him. And I suggest to you that this is what it also calls for. If God is going to use me, if God is going to use you, if you are going to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, you must surrender yourself up to be used by him. You must say, 
as Isaiah did when he saw the Lord in the temple. Hear him, I, Lord, send me. And such a yielded, surrendered soul is a soul that can be and will be used by God. Look, you don't ever have to be afraid to yield yourself up to God. If God is speaking to your heart, maybe let's just say he's just speaking to your heart about trusting Jesus as your Savior. Do you need to be afraid to trust Jesus as your Savior? Oh, no, you don't need to be afraid because God will be with you from the moment you step out of the aisle. He'll walk down the aisle with you. You will know his presence. I can't tell you how you'll know that. I can just tell you, going back to my own experience as a little boy, a little shy boy at eight years old, I felt the Lord's presence there with me that day. And I can tell you that there have been times that I've stood in the pulpit by myself, Brother Ben. I stood up here by myself because I thought I could come by myself and do it on my own. And the Lord stood and watched me, and he said, Mm-hmm, let's see what you can do without me. And then there have been moments when I didn't think I could do it, and I didn't think I would get through it. And God was with me, and I knew he was with me. And the people who heard me, although I thought it didn't turn out very good, said, we heard from the Lord through you. God will enable you. He will help you. He will, in your personal battles, give you the strength necessary to do battle with the enemy. He will show you how to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Let's pray.